Welcome to the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church. We hope our broadcast will bless you. Our scripture is taken from Genesis 30, verses 22 through 24. And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bare a son, and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. May God bless you today. Let's pause for prayer. God, thank you that we can be gathered here. Please guide as we spend time reflecting on Scripture. Again, be with the Griffin family. Be present today. Send the teacher to be with us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I recently started reading through Scripture, and one thing that struck me as I'm starting this new journey is the incredible power of influence. The biblical story is full of people influencing people. I had for today's text this uh, verse that you just heard, so we won't read it again, but from Genesis 30, where Rachel has a child named Joseph. You know that Joseph was a major influence in the story. He is Uh, instrumental in the survival of his family during a famine. He's instrumental in the survival of Egypt during a famine. The human story is a story of influence. And as I read through Genesis, it was fascinating to see one birth after another forming this human chain, this human fabric of influencers. You might think of a spider web. This is an orb weaver. They look really weird, by the way. Their orb weavers are classically strange-looking spiders, but they create these magnificent webs. And you can see as the spider pulls on one thread in that web, it moves the other pieces in the web. Because every human life, every new birth into the human family is a point of contact with the web. And this web of millions and billions of connections is influenced by every single birth. Some births influence massive pieces of the web and other births influence a very small piece of the web, but no human birth into the web of humanity is without influence. Influence in the dictionary, the online dictionary says the capacity to have an effect on character, development, or behavior of someone or something. You and I influence the world around us. Proverbs, the wise man Solomon understood influence. He said to his son, To us, to the reader, my son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. Because he understood the power of influence that one group could shift the life trajectory of a single individual. Also wrote this, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. 
As I was watching these lines of influence, I'll throw a couple of them up there. Adam gives, and his, his wife give birth to Seth. And sometime later, Seth's descendant is Enoch, the famous man who walked with God and was no more because God took him. But before his translation, one of his children ends up eventually giving birth to Methuselah, whose child down the line is Noah. What's fascinating is these characters, starting with Seth, there is this lineage that follows, and and there seems to be a trajectory where if if the fathers and mothers do right, it's a higher likelihood that their progeny will follow a similar course. Noah gives birth to Ham. Well, not Noah, but Noah's wife gives birth to Ham. He has three kids, by the way, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham, it's interesting, is there's three brothers. Ham, Ham is the brother who walks in on his naked father and treats that incident with disrespect. It's his progeny that end up forming the kingdoms of Egypt and Canaan. So it's fascinating that a father, Ham, who's, who's on moral, takes this moral turn early in his life, that his progeny tends to follow in his footsteps. And then there's Noah, Shem, Shem, who's Ham's brother. Shem and his brother Japheth treat their father's nakedness with respect. And Shem ends up creating a line of faithful influencers ending up down the line with Abram being part of that line of influence. Abram is the start of another long line. His son Isaac has two children, Jacob and Esau. Jacob has ends up having a son named Joseph. The fascinating thing is is these little pieces, these little human beings born. You don't think much when a baby's a baby. We don't necessarily think of the implications of that little life in the human story. Joseph was just another child of Jacob's, a beloved, treasured, favorite child, but just another child. Could Jacob know that Joseph would influence the trajectory of history? It's easy for us to take for granted the impact that we have in the web of influence. You may be waiting in the wings for a debut sometime later in life. Think of Moses. 40 years in Pharaoh's palace, 40 years as a shepherd. He's 80 years old when his life starts. Right? Don't ever take for granted your place in the web of influence in the human family. You have no idea. Even if it seems like a small thing, things like smiles, 
and gracious conversation in the grocery line, those kinds of little taps on the web of, of human life can have outsized influence. I remember my own, in my own life, as a young kid hearing a speaker named Ty Gibson way back in the day, I was a teenager, not even a teenager. We lived in Washington State. And his influence has been, has been essential to my survival as a follower of Jesus. Just the little glimpses of Jesus I saw as a teenager have influenced me to this day. So we really truly don't know the power of even a single engagement with another human being can shift the trajectory of one's life. And on a dedication Sabbath, I thought it was quite fitting to think about the power of a single human being stepping into the flow, into the fabric of the human family. And that every human being walks in the web of the human family with an influence that radiates far beyond the scope that we even can imagine. Joshua is another in this web of human influencers. I find it fascinating, this tragic passage from Judges 2. After Joshua had dismissed the Israelites, they went to take possession of the land, each to their own inheritance. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the leaders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Notice the influence of a handful of leaders helps the nation of Israel stay on track. But watch how the story begins to fall apart. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timnath Herez in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gaash. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. So here in, in the early days of the settling of the land, Israel is on track being faithful. But they're faithful because of good leaders, Joshua and the leaders who could recount the stories, the eyewitness stories. But when those leaders passed off the scene, the nation falls off the rails, again reminding us of the power of influence. You and I must never underestimate the impact of our lives. We may not see it. We don't even need to see it, but we need to be aware that it exists that we exist in a web and that our life has an influence for good or for evil in this great web of humanity. I want to call your attention to a handful of figures today. This first one is a biblical figure and then I have a handful of historical figures. This first one, you might know who she is. Anybody have a guess? We have no extant photographs of this individual, but just take a guess. She is in the biblical story. Close, close. Queen Esther, yes. Queen Esther, 
circa 486, deliverer, queen of Persia. She's well known for her courageous entrance into the king's court without invitation, an act which was a break with palace protocol and could have gotten her killed. You know the story well from the book of Esther, and if you don't, you can remind yourself of the story by simply reading the short book. Her people are faced with certain death. Esther is on the inside of the Persian palace, and through the influence of her uncle Mordecai and the courage of her faith, she stood up as deliverer of her people. Purim, a feast to celebrate that moment of deliverance, is still part of the Jewish calendar. Esther had no idea when she was that little orphan girl that she would one day save her people. She may not have known as queen the impact she would have. She had no idea whether or not her breaking palace protocol would change the trajectory for her people. Esther simply did the right thing in the moment, stood in her place in time and changed the trajectory for her people. Esther was a woman of influence. Notice these words. Go gather all go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for these three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Queen Esther. You might recognize this gentleman or his picture. None of us certainly know him in person. Anybody Want to take a stab? Who is this guy? Yes. Yes, you got it, Martin Luther. Martin Luther was born in 1483 and died in 1546. He is essentially the founder of the Christian Reformation. While there were many others who held the torch of Reformation, Luther's influence has had an outsized impact on not only the trajectory of Christian faith, but even the trajectory of Western civilization. Luther famously in 1517 nailed 95 statements of disagreement, you might say, statements of faith on the castle door, the castle church door in Wittenberg calling the church to account. Here he was, a lowly member of the clergy. He had no idea that his bold, brazen nailing of those 95 theses inviting a debate to that church door would change the trajectory of history. He was only doing what he believed needed to be done in the moment. It brought him into conflict with the church. He would later defend his faith and writings at a council in Worms. 
And against the church's wishes, he ended up dying a natural death. He was instrumental in bringing the Bible to the common people. While in a kind of self-exile, he translated the Bible into the German language. Luther didn't know again. He did not know that his life would shift the trajectory of history in ways that even today we probably can't fully, fully recount. But because he stood in his place with courage, history records the impact of his life. These words of his are quite powerful. Every man must do two things. He must do his own believing and his own dying. I cannot and will not recount, recant anything, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand. I can do no other. So help me, God. Here's another character. And maybe Benjamin knows this one. Amelia, do you know this one, who this is? Abraham Lincoln, that's right, Abraham Lincoln, born in 1809, died in 1865, 16th U.S. president. He didn't know when he was sitting in the fire with that pine knot burning in that simple, poor cabin. He had no idea of the outsized influence he would play in the American story. But he still, well, he didn't know, but he stood in his place when the time came. You might remember these words from school. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men living and dead who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. His short Gettysburg address has been ringing down the halls of history. He didn't necessarily know that he would shift the trajectory of history with those few words, but he stood in his place, an influencer, courageous to do the right thing. Here are words from Lincoln. I am not bound to win, but I am bound to be true. I am not bound to succeed, but I am bound to live by the light that I have. I must stand with anybody that stands right and stand with him while he is right and part with him when he goes wrong. That explains why, Luther, why Lincoln could be an influencer in history because his life was not defined by political popularity, but by doing the right thing. This woman, you might recognize her. You kids know, any of the kids know who this woman is? Okay. 
Hey, you got it. Florence Nightingale, born in 1820, died 1910. She is known as the founder of modern nursing. Florence Nightingale uh, was a social reformer, statistician, the founder of modern nursing. She became prominent while serving as a manager and trainer of nurses during the Crimean War in which she organized care for wounded soldiers at Constantinople. She significantly reduced death rates by improving hygiene and living standards. Nightingale gave gave nursing a favorable reputation and became an icon of Victorian culture, especially in the persona of the lady with the lamp, making rounds of wounded soldiers at night. Even today, when nurses take an oath, to serve their patients. The oath is known as the Nightingale Oath. In honor of this woman who gave her life so selflessly in service of her fellow men. By the way, at the time when Nightingale stepped into the role of nursing, it was not a profession heralded with great respect. It was Nightingale's almost singular influence that moved the perception of nursing from a disrespected profession to a genuine healthcare profession. Here are some words from Nightingale. She understood the power of influence, by the way. So never lose an opportunity of urging a practical beginning, however small, for it is wonderful how often in such matters the mustard seed germinates and roots itself. I have a couple of other words from Nightingale. I'm going to just back up here real quick. Um, She said this, I am of certain convinced that the greatest heroes are those who do their duty in the daily grind of domestic affairs whilst the world whirls as a maddening dreidel. She understood that it wasn't knowing that you're a great person or imagining yourself to be a great person, but simply being true in whatever place you are in life. That's the secret of making an impact. And then, of course, those words that I read. Here's another character from the story. I heard it. Who is this? Rosa Parks. Yes. Rosa Parks. That's right. Rosa Parks, famous civil rights leader, born 1913, died 2005. We're getting close to modern times. Uh, She boarded a bus in 1943 after work. And the bus driver told her to get off the bus and go in the back door as black people were supposed to do. So she did. He drove off, left her standing in the rain. She determined after that never to get on board the bus with the same bus driver. But in 1955, December 1, she ended up on a bus again after a long day of work. And wouldn't you know, she was on the same bus with the driver who left her standing in the rain so many years before. Well, in those days, there was a marker. White folks could sit in front of the sign, and behind it, black folks could sit. So the first 10 rows of the bus were devoted to black, uh, to the black, I'm sorry, first 10 rows of the bus were devoted to the white patrons, 
and the and behind that to the black patrons. Well, Rosa took her seat right behind the sign. And then the bus driver got up at some point and moved the sign and asked Rosa and the others to move back behind the sign. Rosa moved, but it wasn't behind the sign. It was just over next to the window. And then the bus driver asked her, when he saw me still sitting, he asked if I was going to stand up, and I said, no, I'm not. And he said, well, if you don't stand up, I'm going to have to call the police and have you arrested. I said, you may do that. Rosa Parks' refusal to move was an important influence in the civil rights movement. She later, reflecting on on this moment, wrote, People always say that I didn't give up my seat because I was tired, but that isn't true. I was not tired physically, or no more tired than I usually was at the end of a working day. I was not old, although some people have an image of me as being old then. I was 42. No, the only tired I was, was tired of giving in. Rosa gave us a handful of words. She also understood the importance of influence. Each person must live their life as a model for others. Memories of our lives, of our works, and our deeds will continue in others. And finally, this line, you must never be fearful about what you are doing when it is right. One final figure from history. Yes, Martin Luther King, that's right. 1929 to 1968, another civil rights leader. It was in 1963 on a march on Washington that he delivered his most famous speech. Here are some words from that speech. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Those words, by the way, uh, Martin Luther King was known for being a scripted preacher. These words were spoken from his heart when he stepped off script during that speech at the March on Washington in 1963. He also gave these lines, I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted Every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. Martin Luther King stood in his spot in history. Did he know that he would have had outsized influence? Maybe, maybe not. But his courage to stand where he had to stand because it was the right place to stand shifted the trajectory of history. 
I apologize. The next quote is from Martin Luther King. It is misattributed. I did a copy and paste and Rosa Parks' name ended up. This is Martin Luther King though. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. This is why right temporarily defeated is stronger than evil triumphant. Martin Luther King. I want to wrap up with words from Esther, that fabled queen. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone... Excuse me, I I, I misattributed those words. These are words from Mordecai from the book of Esther. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. I want to hold up to you just this simple thing today. And that is that your life is a life of weight. Every human being is one point in the web of the human family. And however big or small your influence may be, it is an influence. This is your moment. What will you do with it? I'm not asking you to go out and change the world like Martin Luther King or Martin Luther the Reformer or Queen Esther or Rosa Parks. But to be inspired by them to do the right thing wherever you're at. At home. Sweeping. Arguing a case in the courts. Serving patients in the doctor's office. Cooking dinner. Whatever it might be. Going to school. Doing arithmetic in fifth grade. Or third grade. Wherever you are, just live to the fullest, choosing the right. And history will tell the story of your influence for good. Let's pray. God, thank you that Cecily was born and that we had the privilege of celebrating her dedication today. Thank you for the reminder from these figures of history and from the biblical story that each person is a person with influence. May we stand in our place faithfully. Not because we're important, not because we're going to change the trajectory of history, but simply because it's the right thing to do. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You have been listening to the broadcast from the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church at 2420 East Ashman in Midland, Michigan. If you're in the area, we cordially invite you to visit our church Saturday mornings. If you're a distance away, we encourage you to continue visiting our website and weekly podcast at midlandsda.org.